You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Foundation Radio is brought to you by 10th Ward Barbershop, a full-service barbershop offering high-quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. 10th Ward Barbershop proudly serves the historic Lawrenceville, 10th Ward, and surrounding Pittsburgh areas. Adam frequents 10th Ward Barbershop when he swings through the area and loves Ryan Kane's laser-sharp precision on both his hair and beard needs. But you don't have to take his word for it. WWE superstars Finn Balor and Corey Graves frequent 10th Ward Barbershop for their hair and beard needs. The team at 10th Ward accepts walk-ins, but schedules fill up quickly, so the best way to see them is to make an appointment at 10thwardbarbershop.com. That's 10thwardbarbershop.com. Make sure to grab some Silk Panther hair products in shop or online while you're there. Schedule your appointment today to see Kane, Jordan, and the rest of the team at 10th Ward Barbershop today. And we thank them for sponsoring the program. everybody to Foundation Radio. My name is Adam Bernard. Thank you so much for joining me today. My guest today, to my left, the writer at Forbes and the host of Pro Wrestling Bits, Alfred Cunnema. How are you, sir? Thank you for joining me again. Doing great. Great time to be alive. Happy holidays to you and yours. And it's good to be here with you two brothers. I love talking wrestling with you guys. It me as well, sir. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody and to both of you as well. And to my right is the co-host of the Jobber Tears podcast and co-chair with Cameron Hawkins of the Sting Fan Club. Sir Wilkins oh, is yeah. here. How are you, sir? Good to see you. I am well. How are you guys? Everything is good here, man. Everything is good. It is, as Alfred said, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, and we have a lot to jump into today. I know I want to get started at the top of the program. I know I want to pull apart Crown Jewel a little bit, and I want to talk to you guys about the big match, the Solo Sokoa-John Cena match. Uh, there's been a lot of critique and criticism since that match happened when they were talking about how over Solo Sokoa is now at this point as compared to Austin Theory's match at this year's WrestleMania. So, Alfred, I want to start with you. Tell me how you felt about the match overall and tell me how you feel like uh, Solo Sokoa is going to uh, prosper going forward. I thought it was great. I thought it was more effective in terms of putting over a young talent with Solo Sokoa, obviously because of how dominant he was against John Cena, how emphatically he beat the crap out of him with that spike. That's how you put a guy over. Yeah. Uh, Solo Sokoa... I think we've thought for a while now is going to be a huge star coming out of the bloodline because he is booked opposite Roman Reigns, getting that rub from Roman Reigns, but also as the enforcer and as an alpha. You know, I saw the Chip Empire on Netflix is this great documentary about Chip Empires, which mirror every society, even humans, in terms of there's an alpha, but then there's a guy who's challenging the alpha. Uh, is coming up and going head to head where the alpha is threatened by. And that's the story they're telling with Roman Reigns and Solo. And when Solo rises and becomes that alpha, he's going to be every bit the star that Roman Reigns is, especially if he has Paul Heyman. So that's why I think it's going to be more effective with Solo than it is with Austin Theory. Is Austin Theory kind of seems like a cut, copy, and paste, yeah. basic kind of run to uh, the greatness. And he hasn't really figured out that next level. He hasn't tapped into that next thing. I think... Solo Sokoa is a finished product, and that's why it's going to be more impactful that he beat John Cena. 
Wilkins, what's your take on that? What do you think about uh, Austin's theory? Where do you think he went wrong? Because it felt like that match was supposed to be, to Alfred's point, that big, like, establishing this human being, establishing the new blood in this company. And it just felt, to me, it fell flat on its face. What, how do you feel? Where do you well, think they went wrong with, with Austin's well, theory? Was, it, it was Cena's fault, first of all. <laughs> That's uh, a bold statement, I sir. I don't think anybody wants to ever admit it, but it was Cena's fault. The, the, um, I think all of us were there live for that match, and it was just not a, it was just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a hundred percent Cena, but I'll, I'll put I'll put more the weight on Cena, him being the veteran and everything. And Cena kind of said it. He's like, I don't got it like that anymore. I, I I ain't got the juice like that. The, the his his orange is basically squeezed out when it comes to professional wrestling, and Austin Theory is lost. Because he, it's it's one of those things where he has everything going for him, but where do you put him? Where do you where? What is he? Is he better as a baby face? Is he better as a heel? And then either one is not really hitting right now, and it's going to take a while for him to find his uh, his footing. And it's he's he's like what John Cena was when John Cena first came. Yes, you got everything, but where do you fit? And that's what that's what that's what Austin's at. Like, where? What do you do now? Right. Because everything seems a little bit flat because it's so generic. They put him. Mm-hmm. They, they they tried to face roll, didn't really work because he, he has a punchable face. They they tried to heal stuff, and it's like it's borderline cringy. And then now we have him. He's kind of doing the Grayson Waller thing. Kind of got got that going on, and it's still I like that. not yeah. completely hit. hit completely hitting but because it's more it's more grayson at that at this point yeah it's more grayson trying to help him out but we'll see we'll see i don't i don't, I don't i'm not losing faith in, in the guy because i actually genuinely like him it's just that we he just hasn't found the right recipe yet everything has been um salt and pepper and no and no real spice there's no lowry's in the mix here is what we need and yeah. he's not for yeah, me it's exactly. like he's not he there's the Grayson Waller stuff for me is working, right? Because Grayson Waller just mm-hmm. has that prick appeal to him, right? There's something you really dislike about the guy. There's something about Austin Theory that I really kind of like, but also dislike at the same time. Like the the heel stuff seems disingenuous to me. Do you think that there is a Doctor of Thugonomics moment for Austin Theory anywhere? Or do you think it's just going to be him floating around the card for a while until, you know, he's future endeavored? Where do you, where do you see him standing on that? I don't think Triple H likes him either. <laughs> That that could be it. <laughs> he was Vince's guy. Yeah, he, was, he, was a, he was a Vince guy, and he. If you look at let, let's look at like everybody that's like on top right now, right? And and, and, and on both sides, women and, and the women division and the men's division. Besides, like the Samoan Dynasty thing, Bloodline, everybody's a wrestler. Wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and there's a few that fall that fall through, but Vince was the strictly entertainment. You look good. Yeah. Triple H is not like that, and I don't want to completely blame Triple H because it could be other things, other factors. But I just think maybe he needs to like step up the in ring a little bit, and I think he's fine in the ring. But maybe to that glorious level that technical level to add a little bit more to himself to get a little bit over with the the man who's in charge now yeah what do you think alfred what do you think's missing from uh what do you think you think he has the opportunity to have one of those dr thugonomics moments 
Yeah, I think Austin Theory is too big to fail. I think he is going to eventually get over. They put a lot in him. And if you'll remember, yeah, he's very young right now, and he's not really that upper echelon type best wrestler in the world prototype. But he came from Evolve. Triple H's boys with Gabe Sapolsky. He was an early blue chip prospect before he even got to the main roster to where they were looking at him. They were booking Austin Theory in matches uh, with NXT guys, even when he was with Evolve. So this relationship with WWE does go back, and I do think they are invested in him. They're just trying to figure it out, and I think they will. I think he's on to something with this Grayson Waller feud. And if they spin off and he's the babyface and Grayson is a heel, I think they both can get over like that. I see a Miz and Morrison type dynamic where Morrison ended up being a pretty big star in WWE. He was not the main eventer. He did not get there, but he was around there and in the mix. And I see that as even a floor for Austin Theory as a guy who gets in this hot tag team. Hopefully they get hotter and they get the titles and then they turn on each other and have a feud. And I think it's really going to help him. And that's going to be his moment where he spins off and he evolves, hopefully as a babyface. That's really. So let me ask you guys this question. Sure. Quick, yeah, go ahead. If let's say he has a, a pretty good uh, a, a career after all this, if is he a failure if he's a mid Carter? Yes, I would say so. Based on what everything, based on everything, you beat John Cena now. at Wrest- You don't beat John Cena at WrestleMania to be a mid Carter. They're telling yeah. us this guy is going to be the main event. So if he is a mid Carter, we're going to break this down in hindsight. Like he beat John Cena too early, right? You don't. They, they don't give him a match like that at WrestleMania for him to be a mid Carter. So anything less than being a main eventer is going to be a disappointment. I agree with that. I think at, at this point, what they've done with him, what they've tried to do with him with that entire U.S. title run, which I thought was a fucking disaster. Everything that they've done with him so far, just they want him to be over. They want him to be the guy, and he's just not the guy. So if anything less than the guy, it's a failure for me. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see where you can go from there. The other question I have here, going forward from this, is L.A. Knight losing to Roman Reigns, which we all know is coming. We all knew that was going to happen. Uh, I know, you know, wasn't surprised. It was not a shock to anybody. Uh, where do you guys feel? We'll start with Alfred and we'll go to Wilkins here. How are you guys feeling about the Bloodline storyline? How are we feeling about LA Knight going forward? Do you think he's lost any momentum because of the loss? And do you think it's time to pull the trigger on someone? As a whole, the Bloodline storyline is the greatest pro wrestling storyline I've ever seen as a whole. But like anything, like any show in its fourth season, you're going to have lulls. Game of Thrones got kind of boring at some points. Like you're going to have lulls and we're in a lull right now with the Bloodline. And the problem is L.A. Knight has come out of nowhere. I don't think he's lost any momentum. I do think he's the problem is he's sucked up into Hurricane Roman. Right, right now is hurricane season for Roman Reigns where nobody is beating Roman Reigns until WrestleMania when Cody beats him. Like, n- nobody's going to be believable. It's the same problem with Rhea Ripley right now. Mm-hmm. It's a similar problem kind of with Gunther where it's like you're not going to really know who the guy is until it's like WrestleMania season and they really push a guy. Like, L.A. Knight is in an unfortunate situation where he just so happens to be feuding with Roman Reigns at a time where they're not taking the title off him. So that's going to hurt L.A. Knight. Wilkins, what do you think? Um, I, I, I don't think I, like I agree with Alfred. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, it's Roman Reigns is the final boss. Like, mm-hmm. any game you played, you lost to the final boss. You got your life back, and you, you and then you go back to play it again. Right? Like that's what it is. It wasn't like he's gonna be. He, he's done, and that was a rub for him. Yeah. All right. Let's see how he is against Roman. Put him in a, in a semi big PLE which is um, Crown Jewel, because now Crown Jewel is 
is basically a regular pay-per-view at this point. Like, right, it's just right. part mm-hmm. of it. It's canon. Yeah. It's part of the stories now. So we're all invested. Put them in that situation. Let's see how the side of people react to them. Boom. Great. Let's see how the people at home react to them. Boom. Great. Is people mad that he lost? Yes. More babyface love. Oh, yeah. He's, he should have won. We're setting him up for, for the bigger situation. Because um, imagine if he beat Roman Reigns. Right. Yeah. What's going to happen after? Well, right. There's no story. There's nothing. There's no meat on the bone there. They're feeding him yes. the new guy. They're feeding him. Okay, you can't get over quite yet. My thought has consistently been, and I knew once they announced the match at at, at Crown Jewel that uh, Logan Paul was going to go over on, on Rey Mysterio. We kind of all knew that, like, pretty much immediately. Logan's doing crazy things with that belt, things that we're not going to talk about on the air here. But he is bringing it a level of, I mean, it's Wilkins-level stuff almost on your Twitter, right? Like, that's if <laughs> yeah. Wilkins was the United States champion, I would be expecting him to do these things on Twitter. But anyway, I digress. Wilkins, you nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me to have him tell you his hotel story from Detroit. But he um, <laughs> but he's on Twitter. He's doing the things. Everything is going well. And it's it's in public, right? It's in, in it's in public view. Everything is there. I think L.A. Knight's being targeted for that U.S. belt because I think they want mm. him to start at that level. I do think L.A. Knight is the next step. I do think he's the next guy. And to your guys point about and, and Wilkins, I think you made this point about like the land of the Giants not being a thing anymore. To Alfred's point, too, Cody's got to be the guy. Right. Cody has to be the guy. It makes sense in Philadelphia. It's the Rocky two story. Right. He loses to, to Apollo Creed in, in Rocky one. He comes back as the triumphant underdog and beats the champion. Right. But I think the pivot from that point is going to be some more of the what you would consider smaller guys. Right. You have guys like uh, L.A. Knight. You have guys potentially like Austin Theory, potentially CM Punk if he decides he wants to come back. You have smaller guys who are going to be champion, and I feel like that's going to be Hunter's trajectory. Do you guys agree with that or disagree with that? Where do you think that once we're in a post-Roman era, where do you think he goes from there? Well, I think um, smaller guys are basically are, have always kind of been because steroids is like a thing of the past. Well, right. <laughs> you know what I mean, though, but like the look of those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then... The way wrestling, everybody's a wrestler nowadays. So let's just let's just break it down. As you can see, there's how many promotions out there. There's tons of independent wrestlers, and with wrestling, it's not like the NBA and like the NFL or like other things. It's not the one percent of the one percent that goes in. Because let's be honest, to, to, to be in the NFL and the NBA, you got to be a freak of nature, borderline. Right. Like, right. you're 6'6", what are you doing? You should not be playing a flute. Go play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> go, go run or do something. Like, it's that. But wrestling is more accessible. And then, also, you need a bunch of people. Yep. <laughs> you need a ton of people. So, and if you can do the moves, if you can, if you can pull this off and get the crowd pulled in, it's gonna change. Things are gonna be different, and people are in our. And we want wrestling, wrestling. Yeah. As you, you see it on Twitter all the time. Oh man, this guy sucks because he didn't do twenty flips. <laughs> there was no fucking backflips off the the, the, the turnbuckle. Yeah. He didn't almost break yeah. his neck. I fucking hate this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So like you you need you need that you need that you need a little bit more people that can move. Like probably the best recruitment I've seen in years is Shawn Michaels in NXT. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That man said, I'm going to get all the pretty women that know how to do backflips. 
<laughs> y'all coming in here and we're gonna do backflips and it's working yeah it's working it's working and then uh, Car- carmelo hayes is like a little bit shorter than me but he's over yeah. he looks the part he looks good and he's relatable yeah that storyline's fantastic yeah. that they're doing with him it's great yeah yeah i love it yeah it, it, it's just like i think that the land that you want you still want giants because that's an attraction but it's more relatable. Shawn Michaels was over. Bret Hart was over during that time when, when they finally became the guy because they were relatable. They're relatable. Right. It comes to a point you get tired of somebody with, with like that, that doesn't kind of look like you can't get to that level. Like it, it's weird. Alfred, what do you think? Uh, in regards to what uh, aspects, because that's a good question, but like in regards to the makeup like, of wrestling roster? Yeah, I just think in general, like, I feel like a lot of this is becoming a more of a reset button for Hunter, right? If you look at the guys that he's bringing up, like, yeah. even even on SmackDown on Friday, right? Uh, you're listening to this on Tuesday. On Friday, they just debuted Axiom on the main roster, and he had a fucking yeah. classic cruiserweight match with Dragon Lee. That's a yeah, very awesome tr- that's a very Triple H-esque match, right? Yes. He's bringing in DIY. He's bringing in Jade Cargill. There's a bunch of new talent that are coming up that you wouldn't necessarily see at the top of a Vince McMahon card. So I think my question is more along the lines of like, do you, we're in like a post-Roman era. How much of these guys do you think are going to be influential in this? How many more are going to change out? What are your your what's your analysis on that? Yeah, I think the Triple H era is great in that regard, is that he's bringing in a lot of people, and he's making it much like when NXT was at its peak. That's what WWE's main roster is starting to feel like. That's what NXT is starting to feel like with the Booker of the Year, Shawn Michaels, and I think they have a mind meld going on. That's why you're able to see guys come from NXT to WWE and not miss a single step, is because now Triple H and Shawn are boys, and there's more continuity between those two brands. And so I think he's done a good job. I think it's superior than what WWE's been in the last, like, five to ten years with Vince McMahon. My one thing about Triple H, and I'm, you know, I've been banging the drum on this for a while now. I like Triple H because people love taking these narratives and spitting them out of control in terms of extremes. I like Triple H. I like the Triple H era, but he's weak when it comes to booking black talent. He just Mm. is. How do you screw up Hit Row? How are you screwing up Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits where you got all these groups that are doing these bloodline ripoffs and they can't get Bobby and the Street Profits off the ground? Uh, But other than that, which I think they need to work on, I think he's doing a great job bringing in these wrestlers. But NXT, people need to remember, NXT was over because it was entertaining and because a lot of people were over and because the crowd got into it it wasn't just this wrestling ass wrestling promotion you had good storylines you had the who attacked alistair black storyline you had a lot of great parking lot segments that they still do to this day and so the mixture of great wrestling and good storytelling which is storytelling is way more important i think is what triple h does well especially when he does these long-term stories like what we're seeing uh with you know carmelo or the bloodline that's a good question. That's a good follow-up, though, as far as with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, because that looks like a slam dunk to me. They have the new look. They have the appeal. Montez's screw face is at an all-time high, which is fantastic. I can't get my lip up that high and as high as I try, but it's it seems like it's it should be a winning formula here. The, the, I mean, one of my favorite things from the pandemic era was the Hurt Business. It was incredible. It was very yeah. like, we're coming in, we're going to destroy everybody in our path, and if you don't like that, then get the fuck out of our way. I think there was a huge missed opportunity there with the bloodline in the very beginning. What do you attribute that not getting off the ground to? What do you think he's doing wrong, and what can he do to fix that? I know, it's the craziest thing, and I'm not implying that Triple H is a racist or that he's no, trying no, to no, hold no. these brothers back. <laughs> no, no, he's no. Just- 
not good. He just doesn't tap into them. Maybe they don't have the personnel there to tap into the nuances of what make these great. But it's like, in the dying days of Vince McMahon, say what you will about Vince. WWE is black as fuck in the dying days of Vince McMahon. They were at Rolling Loud. They had Bobby Lashley was champion. Her business was like on, her business was like the original bloodline. Yeah. They were like the pandemic bloodline where they were front and center. Bianca Belair made her ascent. Now, if you look at the product and some of these stars, Bianca Belair is cooling off. She just keeps getting screwed and she won't turn heel. She's turning into Sting, like the dumb baby face, right. who keeps getting screwed, won't turn heel. Uh, the blood, they're not doing a good job with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Hit Row is a thing of the past. Like All these super black factions and stars who are front and center, even as soon as a couple of years ago, I just feel like even when they do try to do something with them, it falls apart. Wilkins, how can Triple H not be so racist? Let's go back to that real fast because I want to talk. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Triple H is not a racist. Yeah. Um, uh, let's 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 have this conversation. Let's look at what what Alfred is saying. First of all, let's look at the Street Profits. I personally, at a time, I was like, y'all was excited when they got back, but they never took off because I thought they were late. I'll just be honest with you. This something was disconnecting for me. AJ, I'm talking to you, especially AJ Francis, I'm talking to you, especially it's borderline your fault. Um, so it, it just wasn't connecting. It, it was just something was just off about the Street Profits. And maybe it was booking, because we can always talk about booking. But I don't think the fans even really got behind the Street Profits. Now, let's look at let's look at Bobby Lashley, what Bobby Lashley's doing. Do I think it's 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 very much like it's like te- it's like teetering maybe a little bit, but then it's like there's potential there. So I think they're building towards something because because as you can see, they're adding a woman to the um to, mm-hmm. to the team potentially. So they're potentially and then didn't um the Street Profits just win the number one contendership? Yeah, they're gonna fight Judgment Day next, this week. Yeah. So we'll hopefully they get to that level of that. So I think they're building on something to slow burn. Right. Triple H has a, has an obsession with slow burns, as we saw with uh, when he was in NXT. So let's. I like to give things a year. Mm. That's I'm I'm that wrestling fan. Let's give it a solid year. Let's six six months to a year and see what happens. Now is it shitty right now? Absolutely. Not gonna lie to you. None of this is really working. Yeah. None of this is going. We don't know where this is going. I like Bobby being like this criminal mastermind type of situation, so I enjoy that. But I still, I still feel the truth profits are completely healed, or they're not that real bad guy that I really want. Maybe I'm just biased towards them. So, is there more that can be done? Yes, absolutely. So let's see what they do. Um, I think, and I'm going back to Albert about the whole storyline and wrestling. I think. Right now, wrestling fans are way too smart. Even the, yeah. even the kids. Yeah. So, you have to have quality <laughs> wrestling. And that was the main problem with, like, the Vince's era towards the end. It wasn't wrestling wrestling. It was just like, we're going to do the storyline, that's about it. And the storylines were very, like, childish. Right. If that made any sense. No, I get there it. There wasn't yeah. enough, layers to, enough layers. The only thing that was, like, really layering, and nobody would give them, prop, um, like, uh, like, you know, the, the proper dude was the bloodline storyline. Yeah, right. Because he asked Paul Heyman to come in. My people don't know that. He He's the one who went to Paul Heyman and was like, hey, let's get you working with Roman. Wow. 
And you got to give Vince some credit for that part because he knows he always knows the main event stuff. The other stuff is just crumbles underneath it. Yeah. So we just right now we're seeing layer type of era with good wrestling. So I think that's what Triple H is at right now. He's trying to like build these things up to some good home cooking. Because remember, we're going into the WrestleMania season. Now, if after WrestleMania nothing pops off, I am 100% with Alfred. <laughs> I am with you 100%. <laughs> and, and the kind of pushback, you were talking about the sample size. I completely agree with you about that sample size, but we have it there. It's 18 months, I think, right. under the Triple H era, where Vince retired yeah. in July of 2022. And if you look at every individual, a lot of these black talents under the last 18 months, it's like... Were they better off or worse off? And it's been a while with the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley, but I agree with you. They still do seem like they're in the early stages of their development. Yeah. So, and it just, it does seem like they're committed to them. It's just they haven't connected yet. And I'm just surprised. Do you think it's a mistake, real fast, just as, a, as another layer to this? I know they're bringing in BFAB from Hit Row. Do you think it's a mistake? Well, actually, do you think, well, two questions actually. Do you think it's a mistake that they're not like kind of folding Bianca Belair into this, you know, this, this group? And do you think it's a mistake that MVP is not involved in this? Because I think MVP for me was the secret. So the Lowry's, if you will, to Bobby Lashley's scrambled eggs or whatever you want to put it in, because I put it in my eggs because that's fucking delicious. But if you, he's the Lowry's to the meal that that Bobby Lashley was, I felt like that worked so well because of MVP. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. It's very awkward that Bobby Lashley is, is the mouthpiece of this group. Yeah. Uh, and I love Bobby Lashley, but I think that that is a role for MVP is the missing ingredient. I would argue, yes. So, so that's 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 a good point, and I, and I and I think maybe that's what it is. Is Bobby's not a talker? Mm-hmm. No, should he be? Right. And, and Triple H is trying to turn him to a talker. I think what we're seeing right now is older talent building up newer talent, right. and he's trying to really work that. And some guys. They're not 100% can do that. That's not, that's not their forte outside the ring. So maybe that's what, it, that's what it is. I don't want Bianca with Montez. Let's keep them separate. Okay. Do you think like, does that's she just, think she'd be better as a heel on her own? Yeah, like why just, is this? Yeah. Because for me, it's like we already know that they go together. We already know, we already know, we already know that. We already know behind the scenes. But let's do some – some fake world stuff. Let's go into Sims. Let's make a, we have this world, let's build this world. Let's keep them separate. Let's, let's not really have them really going. So they already know that they're about to have a show together in about a couple of months, whatever. But in this world of WWE, the Sims that we're going to move around, Sims WWE, they don't go together. (laughs) One's a bad guy. And I don't want Bianca to turn to, to heel, to be honest with you. She sells way too much merch. She's, Kind of cool, but kind of corny at the same time. You know that girl that's like really a dork. Yeah, yeah. But, I've never been kissed. <laughs> yeah, but she's but she's very attractive, and she's and she has cool. And she has, her cool factor comes from being very attractive, and athletic. But deep right. down inside, she's a dork. Yep. I don't want to. I don't want to turn into a bad girl. No, <laughs> leave her be. She doesn't need to be a mean girl. Leave her be. Be the good girl that gets great grades. Is is um. Number one in the country in athletic in her athletic career, and never been kissed. Let's not ruin this. <laughs> the kids need this. The kids need this. Well, I don't need anything else. I guess I could say from a heel perspective, then we can talk about t- turn this into Survivor Series with War Games with Drew McIntyre turning heel. Apparently, joining the Judgment Day. We're going to find out more this week. I probably find out more as you're listening to this, but. 
What do you guys feel about Drew McIntyre? I personally love the fact that they're turning him heel. My preference on a Drew McIntyre was that he was more ambiguous, where he wasn't really a face and he wasn't really a heel. He was just literally out for himself. I feel like at War Games, you're going to see that if he does end up joining the Judgment Day's team in on their side, I think you're going to watch him screw Damian Priest out of winning the title. Alfred, where are you on this? Wilkins, where are you on this? And then we can pull this apart. I'm loving the Drew McIntyre heel turn, and I would argue, Wilkins, that I do think they should turn Bianca Belair heel, and I think Drew McIntyre, what they're doing with him, is the template. This is He's in the exact same spot that Bianca Belair was in, but he's reacting, I think, the way that will make him more relatable, even as a heel, even as somebody transitioning in that he's not this sinister, evil heel. You get why he's mad. You see the simmering bitterness. I keep getting screwed. Nobody's doing anything about this. I don't get my moment. And finally, he snapped. It's the Bret Hart 1997 template, which I don't think Bret Hart was ever better than when he was a heel. You know, and he wasn't necessarily like a black and white heel. He was just an anti-American Canadian hero, just like Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair can still be a hero to these kids. The kids can still support her. They still will. Black people do not turn on our heroes. We're still, you know, protesting for R. Kelly and Michael Jackson. We don't turn on our heroes. So she'll be fine in the black community. She'll be good in the black community. She can just be healed all these Yakubians who keep screwing her over. And just like Drew McIntyre. Yeah, hell yeah. Just what like Drew McIntyre. That's just another way for Caucasians. Like, you know. <laughs> it's me. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yakubian. Yakubian got to be cutting promos on these Yakubians with the street brothers. <laughs> now, I would argue. I just think they're doing such a good job with, with Drew McIntyre. That, that's what makes me. Because I agree that they shouldn't turn Bianca just to turn Bianca. She is right. a natural baby face. But the stories that they're telling, if they keep screwing over these characters, the characters have to change how they're doing their business. Otherwise, right. people will lose faith in them. And that's what Drew McIntyre is doing that I love. Especially that period where he wasn't saving any baby faces. He's like, yeah, you guys didn't come save me. You figure it yeah. out. Like, I'm with that. So I like what they're doing with Drew. All right. So, (laughs) (laughs) welcome everyone to the Yakubian Hour. This is me, Adam Bernard. I'm here with Alfred Cuddle and Sir Wilkins. Um, Wow. Okay. um, I can't believe you haven't heard that word before. I I haven't heard the word Yakubian, whatever that means. But I don't even know how to spell Yakubian. Anyway. I don't think Drew's a Drew's a, a, a heel, in my opinion. I don't think he's an anti-hero. He's exactly what you said. He's just annoyed with life. Like you know that you know that the stuff you see online. My villain arc is about to start. Yeah. He's yeah. really not a villain. Yo, Drew McIntyre doesn't can't convince me to be a he's a bad guy. He's just frustrated with life. His, his, his boss is pissing him off. His wife, his wife didn't make him dinner the past two couple of nights, and, and he wants more money. He wants a raise. He's just annoyed with life. That's all he is, and I, that's all I see. And he's gonna align himself with the bad guys. But at the end of the day, he has a good heart. That's what I see him as. And the farthest we're gonna go with Bianca as a as a heel is an anti-hero. I am not going yeah. full heel yeah, with Bianca at all. I don't believe yeah. in that. Yeah. I am standing firmly, ten toes down. Bianca never heal until the next three years. I don't care if y'all boo her out the building. <laughs> <laughs> she is staying a baby face. There's a little girl that's a Yakobian, Asian, little girl that's Asian, a little girl that's black, a little girl that's, that's purple. I don't care. You don't turn that into a, a straight up heel. 
The Wachovian Empire, the book Empire. There's a Yakubian Empire. We need you, Bianca. Oh my God. She is, she is the winner. So I, I, but I love what doing with Drew because she need, he needed something to go. And yeah. Yeah. wrestling is like, you need momentum. You need to start something going to, to drive it forward. And listen, uh, the the group is the is the best is the best option for him because it sets up many storylines. Right, mm-hmm. right. That could be done. Now I think as, I think as far as uh like I said I think my my synopsis or how I feel like this is going to go. Damien's going to cash in after the War Games match. He's going to try to get over on Seth, and Drew is going to fuck him out of the title. That's where it feels like it's going, right? Because I agree. I don't necessarily see him as a heel. I see him as as. I don't even always see him as an anti-hero. I see him just literally out for himself. He's just Batman, right? He's just going to do whatever he needs to do to get the title back around his waist. He doesn't care if it's Jey Uso. He doesn't care if it's Seth Rollins. He doesn't give a shit. Whoever it is, right? He's just going to get what he wants, and he's going to show the world. And I think that character, that incarnation of what he's going to do is going to be absolutely incredible. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Going back to being 10 toes down, Sir Wilkins, however, I do want to bring up the fact that what the internet is talking about and believing is going to happen this Saturday in Chicago. It's Cousin Phil, our dear friend Cousin Phil, CM Punk, uh, Chick Magnet Punk, coming back to the WWE for the first time in over a decade. Uh, Do you guys think it's going to happen? Because I feel like in some aspects I'm gaslighting myself, right? Is he going to show up? Is he not going to be there? Wilkins, we'll start with you. And then, Alfred, how are you feeling about Cousin Phil's potential return uh, to WWE? I have a – so, disclaimer, I do not like Philip Brooks at all. Neither does my wife, so you guys are you guys are in that you're together. Not alone. Yeah. yeah. As a as a human being and the things I've heard, because I don't know him, I don't know him personally. I've heard him I heard stories from, from wrestlers who've been with him, other people, these are all rumors and stuff. But sometimes if there's smoke, there's a fire. Right. So I'm gonna go off that. That's a disclaimer. Now CM Punk the character, regardless of how I feel, that's a moneymaker. That's a moneymaker. The boy does it. I am 70-30 right now. 30, he shows up. 70, he does it. And the reason why I'm that way right now is because they don't really need him. Yeah. They don't need CM Punk. CM Punk coming back is the icing on the cake. He, he He's not in the... He's still... He, he's not at his prime as, a, as an in-ring person. The mic will never change because he's that good on the mic. But I don't think they need him. Now... Being a hater of, of Phil Brooks, am I gonna pop when he when that music hits? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, yeah. yeah, sir. Are your boys gonna pop in Chicago? And I'm gonna be there live. <laughs> so if he comes out, yeah! Oh my god, this is crazy. <laughs> but I don't, that's my thirty percent. The seventy percent, I don't think he's showing up. I think CM Punk is a master troll. And he's just trolling away. And that's the, that's my take on it. What do you think, Alfred? Where are you at on, on, on Cousin Phil? 
I don't think he's coming back at Survivor Series. I hundred think he's coming back to WWE at some point. There's no way I think he's not coming back. This is the wrestling business. They're incentivized to bring him back because they're in this war with AEW. And when they need a narrative shift, if AEW some you know brings in Sasha Banks and that becomes a big story, they'll want to wash that out with CM Punk. So they are hiding him as an ace in the hole. And I do think there is even a chance he does show up at Survivor Series. I just don't expect him there. What I love is the fact that CM Punk is in the news. This is what I anticipated. I do have a CM Punk documentary coming out on Friday. Oh, and I was anticipating his name to be on the headlines, and I think it's going to be great. Both of you gentlemen may or may not be making cameos at some point in those documentaries with some of the great clips you guys have had uh, talking about CM Punk over the years. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be a great documentary, and I do think it's going to be good synergy that CM Punk, his name is going to be trending so hard. People, if you want to get to know what CM Punk was like at AEW, go ahead and watch that documentary, The Pipe Bomb Problem, debuting on Friday. After I, can't, I can't wait, dude. I can't wait. Wait to watch it. Thank you, sir. CM Punk also told me to eat my shoes one time after I told the world that he wasn't coming back at Money in the Bank, and then he shows up in AEW. Oh fuck! And he's never responded to me. So, Phil, if you're listening, um, you know I can cook my shoes real fast. It'll take me about 20 minutes. But no, I agree, Alfred. I, I think I, I to your point, like I think that that CM Punk will be back at some point. I think there's a lot of hubbub and a lot of you know. Spinning, especially with with Edge signing to AEW, I think they're looking to yeah. try to take the sting out of that a little bit. No pun intended. Uh, but I think that they're also <laughs> it, it would be more impactful for me to see him show up at a Rumble, right? Show up at the Rumble in like twenty five, twenty six, win the whole fucking thing, and then go to take on Seth Rollins because I don't think the story is there for Roman and Punk. I think the story initially is going to be Seth and Punk. Punk's going to go over, and then he's going to challenge Cody for something because I think that story is going to be incredible as well. <clears throat> I can't wait for that, man. What? What? Yeah. Punk, Punk and uh, and Cody? Punk. The, the, the thing is, the one thing about CM Punk because he's such a dick. There's so many good stories that can be told. Yeah. Like, let's break it down. Roman and you, you mentioned Roman and CM Punk. There, there isn't a legit like in ring wrestling story. But behind the scenes, the mere fact that. Punk was like, yo, I didn't want Roman in the shield. I was trying to get, um, what's his name? Uh, what's his, what's his it was name? It Chris, Chris, Chris Hero. Hero. Chris, Chris Hero. Chris Hero. Trying to get Chris Hero into the thing instead of Roman. And he kind of, you know, do a jab at Roman about it. And then Roman comes back and was just like, yeah, people were trying to hold me, keep me down. Like, that's a story in itself. Yeah. I like this. I like the backstage spicy stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a hot sauce con- con- um, connoisseur. Yes. I enjoy spicy in my <laughs> real life. And in my- yeah. yeah, man. Yes. I, I, I enjoy the spicy stuff. So there's a lot. And then Cody coming to WWE and then CM Punk going to AEW kind of around the same time. That's a story right there. Seth, CM Punk, they, they got the back. They, they may have wrestled in the indie days. Tell me if I'm wrong or not, because I remember that I think they did. I'm pretty sure they did, um, yeah. Bring them on. Yeah. 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 So, 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 so there's, there's stuff in there. Like, CM Punk is being messy. Yeah. That's the great wrestling stuff. He is the messiest <laughs> of the messy, too. Like, talk oh, about the messiest bitch. The, messi- the messiest bitch at the bar. Like, that's CM Punk. That's who he is. Yeah. <laughs> He's the girl that's falling down and saying, "Oh my god, I love you that much, but I'm gonna fucking kick your ass." That's that, he's the he's the drunk white girl. You gotta like help her get out of the bar because she's too wasted, right? That's him. That's who he is. And I just think it's. it's I, love, I love it. <laughs> he's just it. he's just gonna be. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be great, right? Like you said, like the person Phil Brooks is 
from what we've heard, not so great. But CM Punk, he, he prints money. That's what he does. And I think that, that uh, if Hunter's goal is to crush Tony and to get this company down, that's what he's going to do. He's going to do anything he needs to yeah. do to, to make business run. What I do want to talk about, because I know we're running short on time here, but I want to talk about the the big signing from what we've heard. Uh, Tony Khan's another magical, uh, you know, biggest signing in the history of the world and Andromeda and everywhere else. Will Ospreay is now officially signed to AEW. Uh, what are your guys' reactions on that? And I also want to talk about Ronda Rousey showing up at Ring of Honor. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Uh, Alfred, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Wilkins. With Will Ospreay signing, I don't give a shit. I think <laughs> Fair. this is the law of diminishing marginal returns. This is like the Ravens coming out and saying, we've signed another running back. And it's like, you've got Gus Edwards. You've got Keaton Mitchell. You've got Justice Hill. Lamar Jackson runs the ball. What do you, who's the ball with another running back there? Like, AEW <laughs> is not going to level up and transcend the way they need to with another great wrestler. There's plenty of great wrestling. I seen that pay-per-view at Full Gear. It was loaded with great wrestling that nobody's going to be talking about a week from now. AEW needs more MJFs. They don't need another Will Ospreay. They don't need another one of these prototypes with like Kenny Omega checks the same boxes. Brian Danison checks the same boxes. Okay, we're going to bring in Will Ospreay. Okay, have great matches. Is he going to tell me any stories? Is he going to do anything that transcends as a character that resonates with me? Because as much as AEW wants to cry about how much they love professional wrestling, their biggest storylines that move the needle, their biggest draws have nothing to do with wrestling. It's Adam Cole and MJF backstage. Yep. That's when they caught fire, when they were doing all these skits and when they're doing all this fun entertainment. Roderick Strong, I care about Roderick more than I ever have, which I never used to care about him because not his wrestling that everybody always talks about. It's because he's got this character that's hilarious. That Adam has never been more over. So right. if they're going to promote wrestling and they're going to bring another wrestler into a sea of wrestlers, I don't give a shit. Like, tell me a story. And from what I've seen with Will Ospreay, whether it was his feud with Jericho and the other stuff that he's done with AEW, none of it was based on storyline. It was all about, wait till you see this dream match between Will Ospreay and what? It's not going to move the needle. It's not going to fill up these arenas that are empty in AEW. Wilkins, what's your thoughts? Oh, I'm going to push back on my boy Alfred right now because I fucks with Willie. I fucks with Big Willie hard. Pause. Pause. A lot of pausing on this. Pause. Pause that. <laughs> because you know what? You're right. He's another great wrestler. But he's more charismatic than half of that roster. <laughs> he, the one thing he's learned over a couple of years is that he needs to be more charismatic on the mic. Mm -hmm. And he's, got, he's done a good job. You are 100% right. They need more storylines in AEW, and, they, and that's where they're at right now. They're rebuilding. AEW's at a rebuilding phase. Nobody wants to admit it. When the CM Punk situation happened and they were done, they had a rebuilding phase 100%, and they're trying to rebuild that roster back up. Some AEW fans don't like the MJF situation. They think it's too much storylines, too much BS going on. But I disagree with them because of what Alfred said. You're invested. When we watched Full Gear, all of us, we were like, what the hell is going on with MJF and this match? Jay White, you're leaving. What's going on? But you know what? I'm going to tell you guys right now. Usually AEWs go way too long for me because my ass mm -hmm. is old. I need to be in bed by 1030. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. When I saw that situation, I was like, this is some BS. What is going on? And I'm going to tell you this now. I stayed up to watch it. Wow. Usually I leave the bar. I go home. 
Because I usually have a viewing party. By the way, 120 plus people watching Full Gear at Legends. Shout out to all nice. podcasts. So yeah. I usually go home because it's way too long for me. But I stay because I was like, I need to know what's going to happen. And it's go back to what Alpha said. You're invested. It, it is a lot of hoopla going on. You may not agree with it, but you're invested. And yeah. they need more of it. I think Will can add that because, to be honest, Ken is out the door. There's no reason why he's doing tag team matches and trios matches. He's out the door. His body is finito. He and nobody wants to talk about that. His body is finito because New Japan wrestling will mess you up. Now, you mentioned Ronda Rousey. I'm gonna tell you this right now. Ronda Rousey is the greatest friend you can ever have in your life. Because the reason why she's in all is because of her homegirl. See, she's buddy buddy with the homie. I'm gonna come up, I'm come support you. And I also think Ronda wants to take wrestling more serious. Mm. And I think she couldn't do it with, with WWE because you're too much on that high platform. <laughs> it's like being in the NBA trying to relearn your skills. It's kind of hard doing that in such a huge spotlight. Mm. So you know what? Let me take it back a little bit. Let me go to the G League which is ROH. I don't care what anybody says. ROH right now is the G League in professional wrestling on, on, that, on that mountain. 100%. Yeah. So she's going back to the G League, and then she's doing some indie shows, taking some real bumps. She almost died. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think she wants to take wrestling a little bit more seriously and up her game. Well, a lot of people don't know, Ronda actually likes wrestling. She's not the greatest at it, but she loves professional wrestling. The mere fact when her match she had with Sasha Banks, she went with Sasha to Queens, New York, to go see Amazing Red to help with that with their match. Says a lot about who Ronda Rousey is when it comes to her love of professional wrestling. She's not good. We know that. But at the same time, she adds notoriety, and she's a, she's a, she's a pop. But I think she's going back to the basics to better learn the better learn the craft and potentially make, have a legit a good run at a be, being a, a better professional wrestler. Because remember, she's an athlete, and athletes have egos. Yep. Where they want to be good at what they do. So that's my Ronda Rousey take. But once again, the what is it? What the the, the, the those types of people? The caucus mountain. What did you tell, say again? Ah, the Yakubians. The, the, the Yakubians. Yakubian Empire wins again. I don't know. It has nothing to do with anything. I just want to say Yakubian again. Ronda can be in the Yakubian Empire. That would be scary. That's your war games. It's the Yakubian Empire versus the Black Panthers next year. Hey, we're printing money, goddammit. I love it. I fucking love it, Alfred. It's a great shit. Now, I know we're, like I said, we're running out of time here. I want to have, we'll just quickly touch on Swerve Strickland real fast, because he seems like, at Courtney's, my wife, her favorite phrase of mine is, strap a rocket to his back and shoot him to the fucking moon. That guy is over his shit. What an incredible professional wrestler, sports entertainer. What do you guys feel about Swerve Strickland, and how soon are they going to put that fucking belt on him? Um, I think they'll put the belt on him soon. I think I'll put a butt the belt on him soon. I think that's um it's it's inevitable. He has proven himself. I mm. think he is corny as shit. I don't think he's really a gangster right <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not a gangster. I know corny because I'm corny. So I can tell when a guy is corny. Right. 
And I was raised in Jamaica, Queens. I've seen them. I've seen the gangsters. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hang out with them, but I, but I saw them. They, they know me. They're like, hey, kids, what's going on? You've been still doing that wrestling stuff. I see you, dogs. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. I'm on my way. Please. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But at the end of the day, he's proven himself. Yeah. And we and I'm always going to admit when somebody's doing well. Right. He did he did his thing last night or whenever at full gear, he did it. And his promos have been solid. The, the way he's telling stories have been solid. Everything is good. Now, this is in the hands of Tony Khan. Are you going to do the right thing? Right. Or are you going to put him in even bigger storylines? You just gave you you just put him with your guy. Adam Page is the guy that helps everybody else get over. You, he's your litmus test. Yeah. He's the guy that you put you put somebody away and see how it goes. And he and he passed the test exponentially. So is Tony Khan going to do the right thing? That's the real question here. We all know everybody in the wrestling community knows it is time to take Swerve to the next level. Everything about him is over. But is Tony Khan? Gonna pull the trigger, Alfred. What are your thoughts? I think it's great. It's a great sign that he beat Heyman Adam Page in back-to-back pay-per-view matches. You don't see that a lot in wrestling. Uh, AEW doesn't do as much fifty-fifty booking as WWE, but they still do do it more times than not. So the fact that Swerve got so you know messy with Adam Page's family and still able to win as a heel, I think is a big sign for him. I don't think the storyline has been perfect with Hangman Adam Page, uh, but I do like that Swerve has leveled up, and I think it's time. Like, MJF has had that title for a record amount of time, yeah. and I'm sure, you know, eventually they're going to wrap this up. It's not time to dethrone MJF just yet, but they need to be considering Swerve as the guy who dethrones MJF. I think that would be a great launching point for him, and I think if Swerve does not become a world champion from this point on, it is 100% on AEW you and Tony Khan because they have done a good job of building this guy up. Now it's just time to finish his story, so to speak. Ah, that's a good tie-in. Uh, as a as a side note, let's go, Cody. One quick thing yes. before I let you guys go today, uh, Wilkins. I wanted to uh, just ask you quick about your favorite wrestler, Sting. Uh, I know that he's retiring soon. Um, I'll have this for you when I see you in Philadelphia. But uh, I know that he's going to be retiring soon. Um, are you sad? Like your level of sadness? Where are you with this? Uh, and 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 just tell me more about your thoughts. Uh, with Sting leaving uh, professional wrestling, Sting said I retired two years ago. Wow! Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Sting, I will always say this: Sting is what the epitome of a loyal wrestler is. He's like Undertaker. Stay with us, one company, mm-hmm. super over. But I will, I will say this to the day that I leave this earth: Sting is not a mega superstar. He's a star. He's a tier two guy. He's not on the level of Hogan, wow. not on the level of Flair, not on the level of Stone Cold, not on the level of The Rock. He's not that guy. Wow. He is right underneath. And it's okay. It's okay to be a multi-time all-star, but never the face of the of the franchise. Wow. Well, I'm always going to row you up about Sting when I have you on the show. Gentlemen, I want to thank you both for being here. I really appreciate it. Alfred, I want to give you time to uh, plug everything you have going on. Wilkins as well. We'll start with you. Tell everybody where they can keep up to date with you on social media and remind everybody about your CM Punk documentary coming this week. 
Hell yeah, yeah. Go on Pro Wrestling Bits on YouTube. Watch that CM Punk documentary. Almost an hour, and it's some good stuff. I just saw the rough cut. It's going to be out. I'm going to release a trailer and everything. It's going to be a nice run-up in the documentary. Day after Thanksgiving, everybody's going to be home. Day before Survivor Series. So in the morning, uh, the CM Punk documentary, The Pipe Bomb Problem, will be out on my YouTube channel, Pro Wrestling Bits. You can otherwise follow me on Twitter, at This Is Nasty. Watch my Forbes coverage of Full Gear and other stuff that's going to be coming up in terms of big stories and wrestling, covering the ratings of Friday Night War got a piece about that collision versus smackdown uh so watch me on forbes follow me on twitter at this is nasty and then subscribe to pro wrestling Bits. wilkins what about you man uh, um shout, shout out to mr nasty um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on all from the social media sir underscore wilkins w-i-l-k-i-n-s i'm also a co-host of the job podcast great podcast great show also on the social media we are here to Debate, have fun, and talk shit. (laughs) (laughs) And talk shit we will, sir, because that's what we did here today. I appreciate you guys being on the show again. As always, uh, we're going to have a run-up to WrestleMania 40 here in my hometown of Philadelphia. I'll have these fine gentlemen back on with us to do that as well. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, because I'm never calling it fucking X. It's not going to happen until I leave this earth. It's not happening. And I'm also on Blue Sky, which is like Twitter without all the bullshit and, you know, the racism and the anti-Semitism. You can follow me there at This Is Goober. Yes, it's my handle no it's not it's i'm not changing it it's a brand pal we will see you again next week i am adam bernard thank you joe so much for joining me on foundation radio peace foundation radio is hosted recorded and produced by adam barnard additional production and narration provided by sam kreps the show